Danielle, you ready to hear your letter? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. It's it's very similar to Angelisa's, actually. Well, that um, will be. <laughs> that that will y'all, be. Y'all are, y'all are sisters, so yeah. I, I can imagine my sister and I's letters to our past selves, whatever it is, is would probably be similar as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like to pretend that we're very different, but we're not <laughs> as different as we wish we were. We are different. We are we're different. also not different. Yeah. Yeah. At least, you know, and, and for podcasting, you guys sound different as yes. well. I can tell. Thank goodness. That's yeah. the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> really? Oh, see, and my sister and I sound exactly the same. We have the same tone. We speak the same. We laugh the same. It's like if we had a podcast, it would just sound like one girl talking over herself on GarageBand. Like that's what it was. Like. Honestly, that's what I was worried about. Like when we were doing this, because we do get, you sound- we do have similar inflections. I think that's the biggest thing that we get. But yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we had Anne, we had Tommy, we, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of our parents. Those are our parents. For yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's read um, Brian's letter. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's ready. Dear me, right now you are 14 years old and living your best life. You are happy, involved in art, soccer, swimming, music, just a normal kid, maybe a bit of an overachiever. You have a very diverse group of wonderful friends at an equally diverse middle school with both students and teachers of all different races. But that means nothing to you right now. You are just a naive little kid who truly does not see color. Nobody seems to, at least not in your bubble. And that is such a wonderful thing. You've been so fortunate to be surrounded by so many different people with different backgrounds than you that this was the most normal thing in the world to you. Racism, sure. You've learned about it in history class and you know what it is. Surely it doesn't still exist. We have moved past that and life is good. I'm sorry to tell you that your bubble is about to burst. Exposing you to a racist world that right now is inconceivable to you. Next year, you will be attending a private Catholic high school that is predominantly white. That's right. It's going to be different. It's going to be weird. Here is what you should know. All right. So you so you started the predominantly white school when you went to high school mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So you went through all middle school in public school. Right. And so your, your little your bubble popped in high school. Yes. Um, yeah. So they a new middle school popped up in our um, city. So that was also closer to our home. So that was great. Um, so we didn't have to go to the sniper shooting school. Um, but yeah, it was And really- also my mom felt bad. What? Your wife? Your mom felt bad? My mom felt bad, yeah. She, for my experience. Oh, yeah. Like, in terms of race, it was just like, maybe not the best thing at the time, but it was fine and we learned and I was, I mean, it didn't hurt me. I mean, I, I'm just who I am because of it. But my mom's like, I felt bad that you were there. And, like, if Anne's listening, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but she just wanted, I guess, yeah. to try to – she just wants us to be happy. Yeah. And me, I, I don't do well with change. Like, initially, I'll ad- I adapt well, but initially change sucks. I hate it all. Mm-hmm. Um, So – like part of that was like keeping me with my friends from elementary school um, and everything. So it was great. Like people talk about how much they hate middle school. I loved middle school. Like I truly was on cloud nine. Um, I had um, 
all these wonderful, wonderful friends who I still talk to today. Like they're still some of my best friends. Um, and the teachers were also great. Um, just everything was just so diverse. White was the minority in my elementary school and middle school, especially my middle school. Um, I had maybe five white friends um, before going to high school, but like I had friends who were black, who were white, who were Hispanic, who were Asian, just like melting the whole pot. huge puddle of just color. Melt- yeah, melting color. pot. Yeah. Um, but like, I didn't realize that. Like, I'm like, these people are cool. Like, and they're my friends. I like them. Like, I didn't realize that they were like different from me in any way. Like, until different, I got different likes and dislikes, but your differences did not include your races. Right. Like that wasn't something on your mind. Correct. Yeah. So then when I got to high school and that all changed, it was kind of like a big eye opener there. Yeah. But yeah. That's and like, I, you said that like <laughs> so. color. And I do think that like color blindness is not a, not a great thing. Like as an adult in today's world, like I can recognize that, but as a child, as an adult, to yeah, be able but... to just be so blissfully ignorant to the the fact that racism is a thing or the fact that people are different from you, especially us being mixed. Like, they say that, like, children can, um, uh, like, when you're a baby, you, like, mm-hmm. are always, like, looking up at people and you can recognize, like, people based on their facial features and, like, their colors. But we were always exposed to black and white, so it was never a thing and our parents had friends of all races um so it like we and our mom also did daycare in our house which was also all races like we were just exposed to everything being colorblind as a child like a colorblind to the world as a child can lead to a more a person who is more well-rounded in their Mm -hmm. future to to enjoy the colorful nature of the world and to enjoy the cultures and to be able to appreciate them appropriately um so i think that is being color colorblind as a child is so beautiful and realizing that like our world is so diverse and then when you go into the world and realize that there are these issues and these problems you can take charge as a leader and say look I was raised this way and I see no problems with somebody who was black somebody who was white somebody who was Asian somebody who was Hispanic and I, I I do wish that um our our worlds were more integrated in the way that you experienced mm-hmm. the world yeah. when you were younger I do wish that um, I, I wish it. that my high school and my elementary schools and my middle schools were like that were more integrated and um had more diverse people of like socioeconomics and mm-hmm. um and uh races and also okay. um like sexual we're gonna touch on that very like, soon all the, <laughs> I, I also skimmed brand's letter and i was like oh, <laughs> we're bringing this in so exciting um one you will feel out of place when you walk into high school orientation for the first time you will be blinded by a sea of white uh excuse me what you have never seen anything like this before and it will come as a shock for sure you also don't have, or excuse me, you won't have any of your friends from middle school to latch onto, unlike the majority of the student body who seem like they've been together since the beginning of time. This will be scary, no doubt about that. Change is hard for you. You will soon learn this about yourself. You are going to see one small group of black kids that will cling together throughout the rest of high school, isolating themselves from the rest of the white student body. Then there will be you, 
where do you belong? Where do you fit in? Well, you can pick one group. You're qualified for both, but will you really belong there? These are going to be the questions you'll ask yourself for years to follow, even through college. But eventually, you will start to realize that it doesn't matter. As long as you are surrounding yourself with people you love, even if you can count them all in one hand, and that you're happy with who you are, you'll get there. So you you were pretty much were a floater throughout your yeah, your year. Sure. Of, you you know had you like you said you had your white friends and you had your black friends and you just kind of went between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean floater in all senses like white, black, like different groups like jocks theater kids yeah band geeks like (laughs) i i was friends with that i was on good terms with everybody but like i never really like Mm -hmm. found a group that i just kind of stuck with um yeah and this is post high school musical world luckily yeah we're not sticking to the stuff here but (laughs) yeah theater yeah i'm a true troy bolton um but yeah so I I don't know and like I me as a person like I still kind of float around like with work Mm -hmm. and everything like I'm not super close to anybody at work but like I'm pleasant with all of them and like right oh I'll hang out with this group of people tonight or I'll hang out with this group of people another night um no that's a lie usually I'm an introvert I stay by myself Um, that's me you're (laughs) fine But I'm like, literally the same way. Was cordial with everybody. Didn't really fit in ever anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's just been like an ongoing thing since starting high school of like trying to find my place. But like eventually I was like, I'm just going to like live my life and like whatever. Happens, yeah. Be Brienne. Whatever happens, happens. Like. Yeah let the wind carry me. Um, but yeah, um, now I do have like solid friends who I I can count them all on one hand, to be honest, but like, Mm -hmm. that's all I need. Um, and so like thinking back, I'm like a little sad for little Brienne who like didn't like fully immerse herself because she was scared to. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've learned because of it, I've learned so much about myself and everything too. Mm-hmm. So, and we're yeah, friends. Yeah. yeah. Except I mean, we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're friends because we don't live together anymore. Yeah. Though that was debatable when I still lived in DC pre quarantine. Brianne did live in my empty apartment when um, at the beginning of quarantine for like two months, right? Yeah. I yeah, was yeah, all yeah. by myself, and it was great. <laughs> and then we came down and got the rest of our stuff out. And um, yeah, but my yeah. roommate's chill. She's awesome. Like yeah. now we go on hiking adventures, or and we work out together, so it's great. Nice. All right. Two. The color of your skin does not define you. For the rest of your life, people are going to make or excuse me, people are going to look at you and make assumptions about who you are. Your race is always going to be a talking point when you meet someone for the first time. People will make comments about your hair, saying it's too large, and that is going to make you want to change it. People are going to touch your hair and spring your curls without permission. People are going to say you have a big ass or body because you're half black, completely disregarding all of the work you do to keep yourself healthy and strong. People are going to tell you, oh, you're so lucky that you're mixed because all mixed people are beautiful, while other people will spit on you or yell at you, calling you disgusting or mulatto. 
do not listen to anything these people have to say. Just because someone says something about you does not mean that's who you are. You are your own unique individual person who just happens to be mixed. Being mixed is part of who you are, but it doesn't define or make you who you are. Now, um, I know you both of you probably get the question all the time of like, what are you? You know, you said that too, like, what are you? Always. Now, if somebody is curious as to like what nationality you are, is there a proper way or a, a way that you guys seem as deem as appropriate? Now it might not be appropriate for somebody else, but is there a way that somebody can say like, like, Oh, what are your parents? Like, are, is, is there an appropriate way to ask that question? Or you just kind of leave it alone and let somebody else kind of tell you. For me, I think it can't be the first question or like, like yeah. new, right. Like, like after you get to know someone, sure. But it's mm-hmm. just kind of always awkward um, at the top. Yeah. I had a, you're not supposed to, well, for an equity audition, you're not, so, uh, ha- you don't have to tell anyone what your race is, but I auditioned for this show that I was called in for about a year ago, and the casting director did ask me immediately before going into the room, and for the context of the show, I appreciated that, like, I didn't have to answer that question, um, like, as for equity, but I did appreciate that she took the time to just not assume however in general like when I meet someone for the first time or even the first couple times like I don't want it to be about that like I think it should come up naturally in conversation like it should flow or I'll probably tell you like just like give me a second (laughs) right yeah I'm so proud of like my my race like I will tell you eventually like I think it's a fun topic I like talking about mm-hmm. my family and like all of my siblings and mm-hmm. why I have so many um and yeah. everything I'll tell you but like yeah it's kind of like not exactly like but like when you're walking down the street and some guy hits on you and is like hey baby girl can I get your number before even asking what your name is kind of thing That's right um yeah. that- yeah, that makes sense. It's like, get to know me before. Yeah. Like, like, just because you, like, you don't... Buy me dinner first. Like, right, you shouldn't, like, I don't have to please you by telling you what you want to know, as in, i.e., what are my parents' races. You should right. get to know me and and be a part yeah. of my life, even just for a and second, then get, and then I'll tell you. Right, like, like yes. does that make, like, is that kind of what you, you mean, like... Like, I'm not going to walk up to somebody on the street and be like, what are your parents? Like, it, oh, no, you froze, Brooke. Oh, no. Oh, you unfroze. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wait. You're back. Okay, cool. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> so, um, like, you're not going to walk up to somebody on the street and be like, who's your parents? Like, what are your parents? Like, yeah. I, right. It, I, you don't owe me that answer. I Like, I shouldn't ask you that question. So, it's, you know, it's it just should be shouldn't be uh, an opener is what you're saying. Like it's not, it's not a conversation starter. Like, no. And there are so many nicer ways to say like, what is your ethnicity? Then what are you? Yeah. Yeah. And the issue is that the biggest question is what are you? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like that could be anything. I'm a woman. I am a fitness instructor. I am an actor. I am an artist. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, you mean what is my ethnicity? Okay. That's a different question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, 
I'm the one. I or I don't know if you have also gotten spat on on the street, but I've gotten spat yes. on on the street in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like my second day, when we first moved here, we lived in an Airbnb in Harlem, and I was walking down the street, and a black man actually um, spat at me and like called me disgusting, and I like went home and like <laughs> cried a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? A lot of people um, on both sides, on both sides, yeah, don't like mixed um, marriages or uh, interracial couples in general. And so being a product of that is just like the most disgusting yeah. thing they could think of. It's a betrayal. Um, of yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's so unfortunate um, because like, interracial marriages are just so beautiful like to see um but so there are so many people in the world who are so against it um and so being a product of that has has been really challenging um and that's um something that's different about our experience as opposed to people who do come from um to black parents or whatever Mm -hmm. um so that's like a, another issue in and of yeah. itself. Um, like I've been called mulatto many times and not okay. Absolutely not. Um, it's, I, I, I know that people have issue with like mixed race uh, marriages and stuff like in the past. And, you know, when uh, segregation was a thing, but I I don't think I realized that it was such a, it still was ingrained in our society as either a, yeah. a white or black to still think that that's not okay. Like, it's I don't just not talked that. about. Um, and unless you're experiencing it firsthand, like you probably won't be aware of it. And like, right. I'm not, I wasn't, yeah. I've, I've never had to experience anything like that. Even with my, my boyfriend who's half Vietnamese, like he, I don't think he's ever experienced that either. I think it's something because his dad is, is Vietnamese and his mom is white. I think that is something that is so much more ingrained in the, the white and black culture to be, mm-hmm. to find that more, um, I don't even know how to end that sentence, but like it's, I, I never get looks on the street with Michael and my eye, even though he's Asian, like I, I never see that. And so I think that is just so terrible. And I'm so sorry that you guys have ever had to experience something like that, where you get spit on by a stranger, yeah. by spit on in general, even if somebody gross. knows you, this is spit on. And we were about to start a pandemic. It's like, gross. I don't know. That's like not okay. Like, oh, I don't want your Rona. Bye. Oh, I will God. say Please. that, like, oh my God. I that gave me a, for lack of a better term, a bad taste in my mouth for that area. Even though it was like a pretty good area to live, like when we were looking for apartments, I was like, I don't want to live in like this downtown part of Harlem because like of that. And like, and I don't know. Well, I don't live there. It's just like a scarred for life. For yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. Poor memory. Yeah, I live on the Upper East Side, and it's different. <laughs> different, that's for sure. Uh, Speaking of different, number three, <laughs> you are different. In quotes, that's okay. You look different from a lot of the world. 
Your darker complexion with seemingly white facial features, your freckles, your crazy curly temperamental hair that you have a love-hate relationship with. All of this makes you visually interesting, and people will notice this. And a bunch of people, or excuse me, and a bunch of them will be way too curious about it. You'll get a lot of questions. What are you? Uh, where are you from? Can I touch your hair? A lot of people will just go for this without even asking. Are you adopted? Habla espanol? You'll get a lot of unsolicited comments like, you don't look anything like your mom, or hey, light-skinned, winky face, you have so much hair, or better yet, your hair is so big, followed by laughter. You will be fetishized. When you're in college, you will be out at a bar with your sister having a good time when you are suddenly swarmed by men who think you are twins and won't listen to you when you correct them. This will even happen walking down the street after a workout. You look disgusting. You will be tokenized. You are the safe choice of each of your friend groups. Your white friends will claim you as their black friend because you aren't too black, and your black friends will claim you as your white friend because you aren't too white. But hardly any of these friends are going to try to get to know you as a person. They're all just made of quota. All of this is going to suck in all caps. But at the end of the day, you are still different and interesting. Embrace this hmm. now. Be proud of your differences and that you are not like everyone else. Don't drown in the negativity because that is never going away. Learn how to correct it now. And don't wait until you're out of college before you realize how blessed you are to be different. I, you guys have both said, you know, about the being um, just black enough to be a white, your white friend's friend and just uh, white enough to be your black friend's friends. And I, that is just, that's, that's crazy to me that that is ingrained in both of your brains to be that you said tokenized for that in both ways. And I, I cannot imagine being somebody and thinking for a second that I'm there to fit a quota. And that's what my, my privilege has given me is to never feel like I fit a quota. And I, mm-hmm. I wish that you guys could feel that where you never had to have felt that. Yeah. It's, and it's not just like unique to our experience. It's unique to a lot of people of color in general and black people and mixed people, especially mixed people. Like there are a lot of like psychological studies done on it, on um, what it means to be biracial and mixed and not just black and white, a lot of different races. And there's a lot of similarities and people perceive like not non-mixed, non-biracial people perceive mixed people with similar adjectives. Um, there was a study done where basically they had to choose from a group of adjectives to describe like black people or white people or mixed people. And mixed people would get like a kind of a combination of the black and white adjectives, but also adjectives that were like different, um, outsider, um, it's words like that. So that was really interesting to me when I read that because like that, like other people perceive mixed people as not being really a part of anything yeah Hmm. and that's very relevant to how we have both felt throughout our lives and we didn't know that we felt like that and our brothers felt like that until recently like until yeah a couple years ago like yeah we like post I wish we could have talked about this more like while our dad was still alive but like I mean, we've all gotten older and like these things have come up more and our world has changed a lot since he passed in 2014. Um, So 
I, I wish we could have had his input and his perspective in all this. Cause like my mom's like you, I mean, like she's white and like she, she just wishes that it wasn't this way. Okay. Next one. Next one. Oh, here we go. Stop straightening your hair in all caps. This is a big <laughs> one. You are going to want to try to be like all the other girls in school with long, beautiful, straight hair. Well, guess what? They're white. They were born with straight hair. You were not born with straight hair. You were born with gorgeous tight girls that so many people love. Even you will grow to love them eventually. But seriously, stop straightening your hair just because everyone else you see has straight hair. It is only going to ruin your hair and you're going to regret it. Dude, you aren't even straight, so stop trying to do straight things. Just take that word out of your vocabulary. You'll be better <laughs> off and happier for it. Plus, you'll get more sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Brianne is, what, what are you? How do you define queer? Yourself? Yes. I yeah. don't really define it. I like who I like. And if that's a man, that's a man. If it's a woman, it's a woman. Um, yeah. My, my yeah. mom actually was, we were, um, my mom has gotten, I always call my mom Susie Switzerland because she remains neutral in all things. But <laughs> ever since this, um, the uh, George Floyd was murdered and all this stuff happening, Susie Switzerland has turned into Susie activist and she is like, oh. yeah, she is like, I want to be on the diversity board because I want, she's like, there's only 3% black people who work for my company and I want to change that. And I want to do this. And I contacted my HR person because we needed to make a statement in solidarity with the black lives matter movement. And I was like, fuck yeah, Susie. And we were talking yes. about how we're having YouTube on the show and then how it's, you know, it's pride month. And so she's like, Brooke, I was wondering, what does the Q stand for? And so I said, here. <laughs> and she goes, well, what does that entail? So, uh, Brianne, take away. What is, to you, what does queer mean? You said you, you like one, you like, you, if it's a man, it's a man. If it's a woman, it's a woman. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. For me, queer is just that I'm not straight. Like, um, <laughs> like that's just, it's just a very broad term to me. Like, and it's nothing super specific like you have um like you have gay you have lesbian you have bisexual I don't identify as any of that so I just kind of use queer as like the broad spectrum by the way I'm not straight I am queer mm -hmm. um and what that means to me is not going to be the same as what it means to someone else okay. um like a lot of people might see me as bisexual, but I, I've read the definition. And I don't think that really applies to me. If I had to define myself, I would say pansexual, but also I just, I don't, I don't like defining myself. I'm like, uh -huh. I'm just going to be how I be. And you, you have a queer, it makes you feel welcome. It makes you feel happy. And so yeah. you're it's, yes. it's, it's your home. It's your home. It's your safety. Like mm -hmm. it's like, um, I have a friend who's bisexual and I remember him going through something where a friend who's no longer a friend said, you're not bisexual. You're just gay and you're afraid. Like, yeah, I, that's, a lot of people do hear that. And that's not, yeah, not true. it. Like, like, you find like, once you find your home, like, especially as an LGBTQ uh, person, you, it's like, once you found the term queer, were you like, <sighs> Yeah, because people have okay. been asking me, what are you? Like, like, I get oh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna a lot. Like, like, I'm going to be um, perfectly like, honest. Like, 
Yeah, she has. Um, and like, to be honest, I this is also like a newer thing for me that I've realized fairly yeah. recently in my life within the past like year. Um, so it was kind of like a thing of like, oh, well, I don't even really super know, like, and I'd be like looking up definitions of all these different identities on the internet. And I'm like, none of them like super apply to me. Like, yeah, kind of relate to a little bit of that, but kind of relate to a little bit of that, but I don't relate to that part of that at all. Um, And so just like queer just seems to encompass everything. And And that's me. I'm like that. If you need a word for what I am, that's going to be what I'll tell you. Um, but I'm I'm just Brienne at it's the end of the spectrum, day. And, anyway. Yeah, it's a spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And also the hair thing. It's I oh. Uh, oh, man, just I can oh, just smell the God. burning hair right now. Like in the like, back, it was just like. Burning hair was my perfume through high school. You want to know oh the crazy thing is that heat styling, like when you heat style that much, it becomes an addiction. It's actually an addiction. And that smell yeah. like still like gives mm-hmm. me so much like peace and comfort. Like I straightened my hair for New Year's just because I was like, I just want to. Like I want to see how long it is. Like I'm at length check and I straightened yeah. it and it, it's just like, like, even when you get out of practice, like I've maybe straightened my hair like five times in the past two years. Um, but when you get out of practice, even like it's like so familiar. It's like riding a bike, like that smell, like it's not a good smell, but it's just like very like, soothing. No, it's not. It's just, it's comforting. Yeah, it's too. Yeah, like, you I don't know. Okay doing that. I straightened my hair at the beginning of quarantine because I was bored. Um, and I was like, I need something to do. So I'm not going to my fridge. So I was just like, let's see how long my hair is. I My hair is like slightly blue too. So I was like, let's see how the blue looks on my straight hair. Um, and yeah, it, it's just like peace. <laughs> like I agree with Angelina. Though, because then like uh-huh. it's once you decide like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's so hard to stop. It's like, it's like, like stopping any other addiction like it's like smoking like a drug it's horrible it's gross but we are we are past that but yeah and then like we can be resources to our friends who are like i want to do the big chop which is when you like especially if you've relaxed your hair a lot or just damaged your hair over time you chop it all off so all the messed up hair the curls that like get forked up um yeah you, you chop it all up because it some of that damage is just irreversible. So we've been like able to be that resource for people and um, just be like hold their hand and say it's okay. And there's such a there's more knowledge and education now on how to deal with varying textures. It's still like my hair alone is like five four four different curl textures on the curl spectrum, um, which is like a very loose way to define like what type of hair you have. And Mm -hmm. there isn't like, I have to dig for any information I find like on how to deal with my hair. So, and then it's all trial and error. So my, Oh, and that's the worst part. I think it's expensive. (laughs) And I 
see like some of these influencers, like hair influencers on YouTube. Um, I see like their backdrops with all their products and I'm like, why does my bathroom look like that too? <laughs> and I'm not making videos for anyone. I'm just trying to look okay. Yeah. I have so many bottles of products that are just like in my closet right now that I, I don't use because they didn't work, but like I bought them. So like, what, what, what do I do with them now? And like, I don't know anyone who they would like work on. So I can't just like give them away. Like, Cause like we don't even have the same hair, right? Really no, we don't. don't. The top of my hair is different than the bottom of my hair. There's ways that there's specific yeah. things that um you have to use on your hair. Like when I go to like a hotel, I can use the hotel shampoo, but like oh I, God, I, yeah. I can't. Like <laughs> that's enough. My white husband, that's all for him. Like <laughs> yeah, he, he cannot. He's white. He he uses the hotel shampoo. All the Airbnbs that we've been in over the past couple months have also like left little like shampoos and things. I'm like, here you go. This is for you. For you. That's you. I have my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. I have my suitcase full of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And a big issue is so it's like you can't really like stop taking care of your hair. I hate taking care of my hair so much, but I pay for it when I try to take a break from it. Like you, yeah. you can't. You, it's something you have to maintain. The knots. Um, <sighs> Uh, also, we could do a whole hear me love me hair episode we really could <laughs> really, what how insane oh wow. well, we should move on probably we should move on let's go let's go um number five stop saying you are only half oh like me okay yes you are technically half black and half white but stop saying the word half when you describe yourself to someone half means not whole only part way when you constantly tell people you aren't whole will start to believe it too. It will become your identity and that's not okay. Instead, embrace everything about yourself as a whole. It's a full decade later and I am just starting to learn this, but I'm better for it. I'm more confident in who I am and I've been making great strides in my life the past few months as a result. I'm proud of everything that I am, which leads me to my final point. Should I just go straight to your final point? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. We've touched on that. It's okay to just be yourself. Right now, 14-year-old you is bubbly, athletic, smart, friendly, talented, and happy with who she is. Don't let the world's view of who you are manipulate how you view yourself. It's going to cause you to feel closed off, antisocial, hesitant with everything, distance from the rest of the world. And that's not only, excuse me, and that's only going to trap you in a cage that will be very hard for you to escape. If you want a part in a show, go for it. If you want to be friends with someone, go for it. If you want to run track, go for it. If you want or want to be anything, just forking, go for it. The world is going to tell you that you can't so many times because of the color of your skin. We don't know where to put you and there's no place for you here. Listening to them is only going to hold you back. And trust me, what they're saying is not true. You can do whatever you want, just be you. Brianne, it's going to be a long, tough, often scary roller coaster. It still is today, but you learn how to deal with it. You surround yourself with good people. You learn more about it. You educate others, and it feels as though it gets better. Don't get me wrong. There's still downs, but lots of ups as well. It's going to be hard and extremely confusing, but it's going to be okay. I love me. I love those letters. Girls, those are amazing. And also, I learned a lot from both of your guys' letters. I, I've realized like from sitting here and talking to you guys about your experience, um, 
uh, I guess, I shouldn't say you guys. I'm trying to get better also about using um, pro, proper pronouns and everything. Uh, human about your experiences. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful human. And I realize I have not spoken to um, people of, of color and different gender identities and um, creeds and um, sexual orientations. I haven't asked about people's experiences at length before and it's something that i'm trying to get better at and um i hope that this conversation was uh why was was it presented in the right way I, that's that's my big question is i never want um to feel like i'm pushing too hard of somebody to ask them questions or um especially listeners because i want our listeners of the show to be able to mm -hmm. ask questions to for people to have these kind of conversations because you do learn a lot and do you guys all these questions that were asked are like, okay, are they, are there something that you wish that people would ask more of? Um, that's what I'm going to ask you first before I go on to mine and T's like written out questions. Is there something that people should be asking more of um, when they talk yeah. to you, especially your white friends who are probably all reaching out to you being like, what can I do? Like, yeah. I would say like everything that you have asked us has been totally Excellent and fine. Like, uh, and we're both yeah. very happy to answer. I would say if we weren't happy to answer, we wouldn't answer. Okay. Um, and that's true for like anyone you ask about anything, like whether it's um, their race, their sexual orientation, gender identity, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. Um, my biggest thing that I wish people would ask is like just asking in general, like just trying um like just asking the question, what is your experience? Um, yeah. Just and like genuinely meaning that they want to learn and listen. Um, and that's yeah, like the best question I could get, especially right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything to. you just said. And then kind of to piggyback on that, um, after we, we had our fundraiser class last week, which for King's which was awesome. Um, mm -hmm. After our second one, a lot of people actually stuck around and um, just kind of like we had this conversation and um, one of our friends who was in Brian's class, actually, he's black and he was there and took part and our youngest brother was there. Um, and they just like, we were like, just ask us, like ask us anything like about our experience, like anything that you want to understand and know more of and everyone was really lovely um and just like genuinely wanted to know so that's very important that it's not just like i'm asking you because that's what society's telling me i should be doing right now like i should be understanding where you're coming from rather than no i genuinely want to know i want to learn and i want to be the best friend or human to you and every other person like you mm -hmm. that I can be and I want to be open and accepting of mm -hmm. all races and things and it, it was it was a really nice conversation and one of our cousins is actually on the zoom as well and he he's one of our white cousins and he's like he's 27 um and in med school I mean he felt like he felt horrible um about just like things that he said that like truly we have never thought of him as anything but wonderful and kind and just 
a really great person. But then um, my brother talked a little bit about like sports and how um, like his experience with race like caused him to stop playing lacrosse, which was his favorite sport, and he was really really good. But he stopped because yeah, because of his his team just became like when he went to high school, it became so white and um, like it race did suddenly matter and it hadn't mattered before. Um, and my cousin like talked on like how he's noticed those things. Like my cousin played lacrosse for Princeton and um, his brother played lacrosse for UVA. And he just talked about like how like seeing it in the world of sports, how like it, it was really interesting. So all that is to say, I think it's just important to have these conversations and just approach it and just acknowledge like if I say something, just say at the beginning, like, I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to push you. I don't want to force you to say it, anything that you don't feel comfortable with. So if there's anything you're uncomfortable with, I will accept that. And I will understand that. And I will move forward and I will not take it personally, just like you're doing, which is you're incredible. Um, and then you're only going to learn these things about other people and people's experience by having these conversations. So just like do it. That's yeah. great. I love that. All right. Let's go to T's questions. Yeah. So this is the, we're going to keep the answers kind of like short and we sweet um, since we, okay. <laughs> Number one, what's the most common form of racism you encountered at the predominantly white schools? I'm definitely like offhand racist jokes, just like that my classmates made to make. And yeah, that and the, a lot of brutal that and the, you're so lucky that you're mixed, um, especially with theater or mm-hmm. so lucky that you're black. Oh, yeah. Number two, what's something your teachers did or could have done to be a better ally? Um, So we all of this, we did both get a very, 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 very good education. Um, And we were very fortunate and lucky to go to the schools that we did. Um, And we learned a lot about white people in school. Um, So like in history (laughs) class and stuff. So diversifying the curriculum to learn more about like black historical figures and black history essentially um and black art outside of only black history month outside of february that would have been really nice and especially in college to be exposed to works of black playwrights would have been really wonderful um like in our theater topics class i think we only read like an august wilson play i think that's piano lesson piano lesson that was the only black play we read in theater topics. Excellent play. Right. Right. That's more than August Wilson. Like, right. 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 I shouldn't have learned about Dominique Morisot after I graduated college. Like, like Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, And given like monologues, like black monologues, like there's so much rich stuff and songs. um, And like, there's so many good things that like, I shouldn't have had to dug for when, like our when you're paying had, the education to get exactly. that education. Exactly. Yeah. And songs that represent who we are that aren't, and I am telling you, I'm not right. doing yeah. <laughs> I did oh, learn about Pearly, um, which is a black musical, um, my junior year of school. And so I got love made famous by Melba Moore, who had the best Tony performance ever in the seventies, some year in the seventies. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a good song, and that is like my go-to black song. <laughs> like, let me delve that deeply. <laughs> Number three. Yeah. What's your earliest memory of becoming aware of racism? Uh, we touched on this, but like just walking into high school and seeing 
white people everywhere. White. And then in the corner by the old gym, there were two gyms at my high school. There was a new gym and an old gym by the old gym. That's where all the black people hung out. And just seeing the separation, the segregation there, yeah. um, that's when I was like, where do I go? What do I do? Like, I don't, I have never experienced this before. It was a whole new yeah. world for me. Yeah, I don't think I have a concrete moment. It was just like going to middle school, but it just like suddenly clicked that it was not an extinct form of hate. I, I did learn, yeah. oh, actually, To Kill a Mockingbird. I was into Kill a Mockingbird and I read it when I was in fourth grade. And um, that was, yeah, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> Number four. What are some of your favorite books, movies, or other resources that white people should study to become better educated on racism and our privilege? Ooh. I have a question. Can I? Uh, okay. You you go first. You go first. Oh, I just I, I, I well, I gave you all the black podcasts last week, so these are just a couple. Yeah. Um, just Mercy. It's a movie that came out in December on Christmas, um, but it stars Jamie Fox and Michael B. Jordan, and it is. It is beautiful by the way like beautiful yes. Yes. <laughs> beautiful agreed. human being agreed um but it's amazing and it's on netflix. it's on it's on netflix i don't know if it's on netflix yes. it, oh it is amazing great i think it is it's, it's i um i opened netflix today and it pops up immediately saying black lives matter and then it has a yeah. whole list of all these things that you should watch and i believe just for season you should watch all of them okay. that's my <laughs> definitely just mercy because it's a true story it's got really good acting and it's all about that the racism of the police police brutality and it talks about the importance of ge geographical location in regards to um how different groups of people experience racism which we we're from maryland it we're our community is it's got a lot of black people but oh, it's not on netflix on amazon amazon okay i think that's where i watched it prime video but it's streaming for free all month yeah. might be on google play yes. too i don't know um, but Just Mercy, number one, true story. Atlanta, number two, is um, Donald Glover's show. He created it. Um, he also stars in it along with Lakeith Stanfield, um, Zazie Beetz, a lot of other really, really incredible people. And you'll see some of the blackest art you'll see in the world. And it, But it talks so much about the experience of black people and it's honestly a lot of the things i have not experienced because i'm not from it and i and that's not my experience yeah. but you learn a lot and the acting is so good and then it's just art like every episode is like art um and then last thing is the color of water it's a book um and i'm blanking on the author right now but i can look that um i read it uh, for summer reading before I started high school, and it is the this um, mixed man. Um, so it, he wrote it, and it's a autobiography. It's a black man's story being raised by his white mother. Um, really good stuff, and that has stuck with me all these um, I would say, dear white people, love on that Netflix. show. Yeah, love and the main show. character is a mixed girl yeah. at a predominantly black school, actually. Um, so like just seeing all of the. Um, differences there than if it were to be like a black person who's the main character right. um, and yeah very educational and informative as well and then some fun ones um, 
Blackish and Mixedish. Okay. They are funny shows. They are funny shows, but they will teach you a lot if you are paying attention. Okay. So like if you're someone who's like, "Oh, I can't sit and watch a documentary." It's a great. Watch those shows. Okay. Like they're super educational as I well. don't have cable TV um, and I've just- never watched them, but I've seen It's on Hulu. Hulu. It's, Hulu. I just subscribed to Hulu because there's so much yeah, on Hulu yeah. right now, so I was like, "Okay, I got to bite the bullet and subscribe." Yeah. So I'll watch. Um, and then there's also a book. It's not about race relations or anything, but it's called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me. Um, I forget who the author is. Um, it's in the other room, but it doesn't matter. It's called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me. If you look it up on Amazon, it's the first thing that comes up. It's just about self-awareness in general. Um, and that is so helpful, um, especially right now when we're all just trying to be more yeah. aware of ourselves and like how our comments might feel um to someone of another race than yeah. we are and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just a good book in general. Mm-hmm. Great. Look up all those. Um, what is something you wish white people knew about racism in America? And it's just, it exists. Yes. It exists. Very real. <laughs> but it's so embedded in our culture that it's going to take a while to get rid of it because it's, it's, so challenging to even notice it um and i've even noticed that i just accept a lot of it like a lot of the systemic racism that i've experienced because it's just what the world is um but i think that everyone needs to listen and learn from black people's experience and then other people of color as well and then white people need to you know to use your privilege for good like you have white privilege it's gonna it's gonna be there I mean, it, you might as well take advantage. And learn the right ways yeah. to use it for good. Yeah, well. not white savior. Um, I would also... Yeah. Not white savior. That's exactly what I was thinking because um, I, I watched recently that I watched the help again because it's, you know, it's set in Jackson, Mississippi and my like terrible past of, you know, white family um, lived in Jackson and they had help. And um, my grand great grandmother left her house to her help and all this stuff. And so I remember watching for the first time and thinking, this was my grandmother. Like she was or great grandmother. She was the age of the women in this movie. And then my, um, but I, and I watched it again with Michael, with my boyfriend. And I was like, this is like pure white savior, like uh, syndrome. And so I looked it up thinking like, I don't even know if this is based on a true story or not. And mm-hmm. then I saw it was written by a white woman. Yeah. Like I, I don't, wow. It's written by a white woman. And then she was sued by one of their um, housekeepers mm-hmm. and the housekeeper's name was Abelene. And she said that she stole her life story to like tell or like stole stories from her it like wasn't exactly word for word of her life but stole stories that she has told in the past because it was like the author's brother's uh maid like longtime maid of like 11 years and i was like this like this is a movie that i thought was great and was like such a great like positive thing and then i realized that it just stemmed from white savior syndrome like i didn't know any of that that's I know. Oh I'm sorry to burst the help bubble, but like, no, it's fine. I, I want to know that, but like, wow. I know, and I love Emma Stone, and it's, he's real good, but it's just as yeah. big. Whew, there's a lot better movies that we should be watching right now. So I'm gonna yeah. make Michael watch all these movies that you guys have said, oh, no. so we can uh, <laughs> not be terrible white people. Um, <laughs> okay, so my question. Other than marching and protesting, and what other ways can our listeners mm-hmm. show their support? 
having conversations like this. Like this is one of the best ways that you're going to educate yourself um, and show support just by having the conversations and actually listening Um, and all of that along with like doing your research, like watching all these shows and documentaries, um, movies and reading all the articles um, and so much is being put out on social media right now. Just click on someone's Instagram Instagram story, like a post that they um, tagged on their Instagram story. Click on it. Take time. Take time to read through all the slides. Like I myself have learned so much just by doing that stuff that I wasn't aware Mm -hmm. of. Um, And so just educating yourself on all of that. Um, And then voting um, and like voting in a way that's true to you and true to what you believe. So do the research for that. That's something that I need to work on as well. Um, And then donating, Mm -hmm. like donating money to um, black charities, um, like what we just did with our class. We raised over $46,000 to split between two charities. $4,600. Forty six hundred dollars. Yes, like, yes. What? What? Forty six thousand dollars. Like, yes. I was like, pretty sure it's forty six hundred. But forty six hundred dollars. Like forty six hundred dollars by doing a, a fitness class via Zoom is incredible. Like you guys did great yeah. work. And if it was that easy for us to raise that kind of money, like within like three days. Yeah. Like not even. Like it really didn't pick up until like three days before the class, and um. Like, yeah, imagine, like, what you can do on your own. Like, if you just, like, click on a website, read a little bit about it, be like, okay, yeah, I want to support this. Mm -hmm. Send in $5. Like, right. And the only thing I'll add to that is, like, make black friends and sign petitions. Like, it's so easy to sign a change.org petition. You just click a button. Yeah. But make black friends not as a token. Like, Make black friends because you Make like the friends. person and right. like actually want to be their friend, not because they're black. Right. Um, yeah. There is a difference. I think there. it's just that it's the act of white people needing to open their minds and their eyes and see that like I am surrounding myself with people who look just like me when I can be reaching mm-hmm. out to all these other people who don't maybe aren't don't look like me, but they we are so similar because mm-hmm. I think a yeah. lot of people are closed minded with when it comes to friend group circles and like who they involve and they don't realize it and it's an unconscious thing. So I think this is really gonna open people's minds and hearts to be able to kind of burst through that unconscious bubble yeah. of um friendship. For sure. The color of friendship, Disney Channel original. Yes. <laughs> I love that. You should also watch that movie. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Angeliza, what is your Broadway dream role? All right. So this is always a crazy question. Lots of answers. But um, right now, uh, Rose Granger Weasley and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I would <gasps> kill to play yes. Rose. And she's mixed. I never get to play. I did play a mixed person once. But I never get to um, once out of, like, hundreds of shows. So um, that is current. And also I look like I'm, like, 12, even though I'm 27. So, like, why not work it? Um, and then, like, Julie in a revival of Showboat um, because she's mixed and often not played by a mixed person. Uh, so I would like to change that. But I have to be a lot older or look a lot older. So that will be a long time. And then I would love to originate a new work. I would love to be like original Broadway cast of something, a musical, a play, whatever. Like, Amazing. Let me at it. 
Brianne, what is your Broadway dream role? See, I had to think about this a little bit. I went up to my roommate. I was like, hey, Allie, what's my Broadway dream role? Like, I don't know. Um, but um, I have gotten asked this question in the past. And I think I would, I'm going to gender bend. Like, I would love to play Collins in Rent. And I just love I'll Cover You reprise. And I just want to sing it. And um, I just think Collins is just such a down-to-earth, chill character um who's also gay right um and has like so much oh and he also he has AIDS right like he's one of the ones with AIDS yes Yes. um uh, and like he has all this shit coming at him but like he's just like smooth sailing and chill um and just kind of like the love bug of the whole group of them that like keeps the peace and everything and I just love that he's one of my favorite characters in theater um but besides that I don't really have a specific role I love being in the ensemble of shows oh yeah like I love I love dancing so like anything Andy Blankenbuehler has choreographed I would love to be in that ensemble Uh, (laughs) um I I love making up my own characters I love the creativity that comes with um being in the ensemble of a show and I just love being my own character and creating my own story. Um, But also I love dancing Um, (laughs) and especially like street jazz, hip hop kind of stuff. I want to be in the ensemble of any show, but that doesn't really happen. (laughs) (laughs) I I never get any ensemble of shows. I never have an issue. I'm always in the ensemble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like like a double-edged sword like yeah i like a role but like also like can i chill backstage for like an hour please <laughs> like, yeah i like, like those dance numbers i really love it yeah but yeah okay we talked about your father in one of our very first mini episodes he was a black child in the 1950s in one of the very first integrated public schools in dc can you share a moment that he spoke to you about his experience this is such a tricky one because like this is why you need to talk to people before they pass away um and get all the stories because like we know like bits and pieces like I've seen like his fifth grade class picture and he's like one of the I think he's the only black student in it in his class picture and he's like shown me places like around DC where he like like this storage unit used to be a corner store and he would be here and he would hang out here because it was like a good place to hang out with his other black friends but Mm -hmm. I don't like I wish I knew more like about this specifically like my family we didn't really talk about race until like the past couple years because as it's become more of a political thing it's just never been and as we've become more and more aware of it like as we're living it um yeah so like our parents, yeah i'm in like, the same boat as angelisa they just like loved us very hard and just always wanted us to be loved but my dad did always like get on us if we um didn't speak in an articulate way because he didn't want people this was very important to him he did not want people to think that we were uneducated and he did not want us to like slur our language or talk in slang he and my mom like yeah maybe some she said that but like not really um it was my dad he was very 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 big on that he did not 
didn't want people to think that we were uneducated. And he is from West Virginia originally, like West, West Virginia. Um, mm -hmm. And moved to DC. And I think it, it's just something that he found necessary to succeed, um, to speak in this articulate language. But he would kind of do the same thing, like he, that the chameleon thing that we talked about earlier, like depending on the group of people, he doesn't yeah. like his family. You could hear his like a little bit of accent. Oh, so loud too. Yeah. Wow. He would be so loud around his family and then around our mom's family. He'd be, he'd be quiet. Like he, he would come out with a joke every now and then, but like he would keep to himself a bit more. Yeah. Um, not that our white family is against him at all or anything. Like he was very well received. He was and always the life of the party. It um, just was a different life of the party. Yeah. Yeah. A different That's kind right. of life. Yeah. Um, and like, same thing Angelisa was saying, like he just wanted us to be educated and sound educated. He was so hard on us about our grades. Like, and my mom was hard on us not about like our grades too, but it was like, if you got to be on your report card, you better not show that to daddy. Like, yikes, that's a little scary. Oh my God. Um, because he, he just wanted the best for us um, because he wanted us to be received so well. I um, had to take an extra year before I went to kindergarten to go through speech therapy um, because, well, they said I sounded like I spoke French. Um, and he, he just wanted my teachers to be able to understand me uh, and feel like I came from a good home, which I absolutely did. Um, and we are so blessed that we did as well. well yeah. so. Your dad sounds yeah. like an amazing man. And also in Angelisa's mini letter, it was like, I'm pretty sure T and I like sobbed reading it. I think she just like, full on, like, just like what's happening? Peter said that he tried to listen to it at work, and like I had read it to him before, and he had read it himself, and he was at work, and he worked for the government, and he was like, I had to turn it off because like I started crying, and he's like, I've known you like <laughs> this whole time. Oh my god. I just cry the drop of a hat. And if something is like truly sad, like that letter was truly beautiful, I, I'm like, I feel <gasps> you. I cry a lot. They make fun Number five, times are crazy and there is a lot of pain. What is something that has given you hope for change in the future? Um, just being able to go on social media and I know the algorithms, I know it shows me the people that like I follow most and like that I'm closest to, but just being able to like go on Instagram and see like posts about different resources, education. Um, mm -hmm. and like I've been to a couple protests and then I've also seen the coverage of protests and in like different cities. It's just like, it's so great to see people coming together and trying to find the love um in all this and then just having all these conversations with people like things that i've been feeling my whole life but didn't think that they were valid it, it wasn't valid to really talk about them um or appropriate i guess and just like being able to have these conversations has been really cathartic and has taught me a lot um in made me feel open, more open-minded like like I learned that my friend um went to, one of my friends from college she went to elementary school like 
a couple of counties over from me and she never had a black teacher until college and she hadn't heard she didn't know the song lift every voice and sing which is the black national anthem which we sang every year in elementary school and like it was just i don't remember not knowing it like it was such a part of who we are so just like being like oh wow people just like truly have not been exposed to blackness and it it makes I mean, it's not good, but it, like, makes it easier for me to digest um, in a way. And I don't know. It's it's great to see people, like, working for change. I saw a panel um, on Sunday um, that was hosted by this really lovely theater company. And they had representatives of all gender um, belief systems. Um, There was a police officer. There was the head of the Maryland NAACP chapter. Um, There was a Trump supporter from Florida um, who is from New York. And like, and just being able to hear everyone talk, it was like, at some points it was like a little like, but the fact that those conversations could happen and at the end, like people were like, I learned a lot. Like, this was really good. And the Trump supporter lady, she was like, this has been so insightful. Like, I've learned more from you guys than I have in years. Like, moments like that are just so valued. And we need to have everywhere. But it's very Yeah. (laughs) And to tag on to everything Angelisa was saying, I agree with all of that. And, like, these conversations, like, I've never had someone come up and just ask me about my experience. But that's happened, like many times um since this whole thing started um and also i've been talking to people about this like we've had things like this in the past where like something will happen like a police brutality on a black man will happen um publicly like that shit happens every single day but it will be put into the public domain right and everyone will know about it and then people will do stuff for like a week or two and then chill out. But like, this isn't stopping. This, this, it, it just time. feels different. Like, like Angelisa said, everyone is posting, um, like educational resources, um, rather than just like, like a p- bunch of people put up a black square on their Instagram. Like, awesome. But in addition to that, people are still posting stuff, um, to like help educate others, um, and just help create as much change as possible. And then, like, all the conversations that I've had in, on this subject, like, people have been, like, so open to receiving the information and not um, – and, like, asking questions, but then really listening to the answers and just, like, letting mm-hmm. us talk, mm-hmm. um, which has just been, like – I mean – Clearly, we can talk. We can talk for yeah. hours. Um, but we're like, gonna split this into two episodes. I'm like thinking about. It. I'm like, we yeah, should yeah. split this up. But it's yeah, <laughs> people come back and they'll listen to the the rest. Um, but it's yeah. I'm so glad that people are finally sitting and talking and asking the questions. And I think like for me especially, I have wanted to ask these questions for so long, but I don't think mm-hmm. I I had the courage or like the the not even like the drive, but I just didn't know how to to ask the questions or like how yeah. to ask people about their experiences because there's it is uncomfortable to ask somebody about their their adversities that they have overcome and their the racism being spit on. Like nobody wants to hear those those 
stories on the outside because it's it's so hard to take on the inside. Like, but I'm so glad that people are starting to open their hearts and their minds and their phones and their computers and their social medias to hearing these stories and realizing that racism is is racism racism is real. It is very apparent, and it is time for change. And you're right; the momentum of this movement is just it's not stopping. Like. Like people protested for a couple days, you know, years ago, back in like 2016, 2014. But this has been week, we're on week like three and a half of these protests. And I think it's amazing. They even made like Black Lives Matter Plaza in DC right in front of the White House. I was there this weekend and like the energy is just like so moving, but also so peaceful. Um, And people are just like, they have their megaphones out. They're making all of these speeches and like telling you where you can donate and everything. And it's just like so inspiring to see and like so incredible and mind boggling to see because like you, you don't think that this is something that needs to happen like on the surface, but then like as you dive into it, you're like, Oh man, like, yeah, this is some, this is a problem. We need to talk about it. Um, and for us to have, like been through it it's like oh my gosh this is finally happening like we're finally doing something about it um and it's just great to see and like you said the momentum and it's global the fact that it's it's still going is that's telling it's so telling yeah yeah (laughs) oh my gosh so we talked your ear off i loved loved every second of this i'm really sad t wasn't here but she's probably gonna listen to this whole episode tomorrow these you know episodes and she's gonna be like oh my god why was my computer gone um (laughs) but i want to thank you guys so much for coming on and talking for me for like two and a half hours um i i feel like this was like so eye-opening and wonderful for me personally and i think for our listeners as well because we do have a lot of uh, we're realizing we have a lot of younger listeners which is really weird because we just swear all the time and just talk about it. <laughs> but like i i truly believe that um our generation the you know the millennials and the gen z's are really is going to be what when change happens because mm-hmm. we have become the most accepting generations ever and it's just we voting and getting people in power who have the ability to make change and to sign petitions and to make donations so those people can go into office to make those changes is so important and um hopefully the listeners will take this time to talk to their friends of color and make more friends of color like you said to open their arms and to open their hearts and to open their social media accounts to more people of color i did not realize how whitewashed my instagram was until now i don't i don't post on tiktok but i am on tiktok <laughs> to watch stupid videos and um Thanks. i did not realize how whitewashed that was well because of the algorithm because you know you stop you watch a video and it'll show you more things like that and so now finally as I'm seeing more of people more like black humans come up on my timeline I'm hitting like because they're talking about the movement they're talking about the protest and now I'm getting this all-inclusive TikTok from my algorithm I'm like this is the world I want to live in I don't have TikTok yet I'm so scared of it I don't want to I don't need it I do have TikTok. 
I deleted it off my phone, but I like I'll get it back on. I guess hours of like holes on TikTok. It's, it's bad. bad. It's bad. Take it away. That's why I deleted it. <laughs> also, thank you so much to all your listeners that um, like donated and came to class. That was really cool. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, so I, much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I think you need to do it again because one, I need to take another class. And also I think um, we need to get more listeners to, yeah. to, to get in yeah. on the fitness train. Yeah. Um, with me. yeah. I, need to, I need to get. Well, shame. Yeah. Shameless plug. Like we have classes. We had a class today at noon. We have classes every Wednesday at noon, every Whoa. Friday at four 30. And, and Angelisa has a class every day. And Thursday add more. And also you tell um, everybody our classes. Like if you ever just like, we can need a workout buddy, someone to work out with, like, just like text us or DM us or whatever. And we'll just like set up a time, a Zoom thing. We'll just work out with you because like, yeah. I like working out by myself. But I know that not everyone does, obviously. I hate working well, out by here. myself. We're just in quarantine. I mean, I'm <laughs> packing like for the first time in like three months. But um, like, I need a break from moving. So let's, let's work out. Great. That sounds great. So, um, Brianne and, and Angelisa have an Instagram, like I said before, it's called yes. it's at Anderstrong underscore sisters, right? Uh, yes. You guys can follow them on there. Um, Brianne, what is your personal handle for your? It's at Bri Anderson 7. And then Angelisa? It's Angelisa Anderson, but the last day of Angelisa and the first day of Anderson are the same. But if you just type my name in a little bit, you're like, it's only me. <laughs> And I'll we'll, we'll post on Instagram. We'll tag you with some pictures and everything. And um, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to submit a letter, uh, writing a letter to your past self, email uh, us at dearmelovingpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you Sunday with T and I both for a mini episode. And uh, you know how to sign us off, Angeliza? Yeah. You say... You go, that's how okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, And that meme is my everything. I, I, I saw that before the episode and I was like, oh my God, that's how I read it too. All right. And that's quarantine. <laughs> Dear listener, support for this podcast comes from you. Just for taking a chance on a new podcast. Have a suggestion for a letter? Or do you want to write one yourself? Email us at dearmelovemepodcast at gmail.com. All Dear Me, Love Me art is created by Julie Eccles. Thank you, Julie. Music is composed and produced by Connor Simpson. Follow us on all the gross social media sites you have. Instagram at Dear Me, Love Me Podcast, Twitter at DMLM Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook too. Thanks for listening. Love. <laughs>